0: but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to buryyourgold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Hey, everybody. Dave Hodges here, back with you. Glad to be with Thank you for joining us here on the Common Sense Show. And as promised, you can see we have uh, John Disland. And uh, John has written a terrific book, We've referenced it in a couple of other interviews in different contexts. It, it's an unbelievable book in terms of content, and not just quality, but the quantity is it's almost overwhelming. There's so much material in there. There's you could take almost any issue today and go to John's book and find references, uh, spiritual references, biblical references, and it's pretty interesting. But what we're going to talk about today in this broadcast is typically what's called convergence. We're seeing a quickening, to use an old Art Bell term, a quickening going on where things seem to be accelerating. And I just said this to one of my broadcast partners last night, Doug Thornton. I just said, we are in a quickening because the globalists are in a panic because they know their time is limited before the God, the Lord Almighty returns and sends them to you know where. But anyway, John, welcome back to the show Glad you could be with us. Thank you so much. And uh, where, do, where do you want to start in this? Because this is such a broad topic.
1: Yeah. And first of all, thanks for for having me back. I've always enjoyed Absolutely. sharpening iron with you. And ever since you told me that you d- didn't mind feeding the post the basketball, I knew that you were my kind of people. So uh, <laughs> happy, happy to be visiting with you again. Thanks. Thanks. Um, well, i tell you, I want to start a little different place than what I was thinking. Um, it, and yeah, I, I think it'd be, uh, appropriate for us to talk about convergence in this hour because so okay. many different things are coming together and, sure. and there's, there's a waterfront of, of issues going on any way you turn. And we can talk about some of those, but it's the, the, the convergence and the, the, the simultaneous nature of this closing in of evil in this season that's so concerning but you know what i'd like to start with dave is is comfort because uh something i I was doing a little confessional here something i have to actually remind myself of uh from time to time is as everything looks less hopeful as everything looks darker as the storm gets closer or intensifies because we're already in the storm really um I, I have to remind myself that ultimately God's in control, right? And as things become unhinged and 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 the it turns from lighter to darker, uh, I think it's really crucial that we remember that it's all happening within the uh, guardrails of God's will, and and, and so, His timing.
0: I want to emphasize His timing too.
1: His timing, right? Because but, and, we
0: t- we tend to be really impatient, and we need to know that God. This time. But I'd also add this to it. I'll let you run with this. Um, I'm becoming increasingly convinced, and this is very biblical, that you first have to have faith that God will act in your favor if, if your values and intentions are righteous and within his word and his wishes. But we have to, it's kind of like that old question, John, will you believe it when you see it or will you see it when you believe it? And the Lord demands <laughs> that uh, we trust him first.
1: Yep. Yep well and in fact he says you know but blessed are those who have faith and who haven't seen right when he was talking to yeah. doubting thomas um so so yeah we we we've got to constantly be in remembrance that for whatever reason and we can ask him when we meet him <laughs> that this de-evolution of this last empire uh before this b system it's it's part of his design and in fact you know and speaking specifically about america america had to decline within the construct of god's plan for his plan to come into effect and so mm-hmm. so while we consider these factors and then what we can do about it uh, i think it's important to start with the the premise that he's still in control he's on the throne and and whatever the enemy is allowed to do is allowed by God who hopefully for the the great majority of of folks listening they are already believers they've already repented and believed they've already made Jesus Christ their lord and savior and uh and and they're established that way and and David for those who aren't i would just i would just exhort you you know it's called the good news for a reason and uh and as Jesus said himself you know there there is no way to the father but through the son which is Jesus and so if you're wrestling with that I would just urge you to open up your bible get on your knees say a prayer and and challenge God because he loves it when we wrestle with him as uh as Jacob did who actually had his name changed to Israel which means uh he who wrestles with God and um and and deal with God and deal with Jesus Christ who came to pay the price for you while you have time um before things uh get even worse because he's you know he he paid the price for you because he loves you and uh and he wants you to accept that free gift and um uh, and come into the the family of God.
0: Why do you think things are happening so quickly?
1: Well, kind of back to what I was saying before, it's under God's control and I do believe that God has created urgency on the part of the wicked our yeah. in the you know yeah. the the traitors to humanity mm-hmm. i think that they feel a a pressing crushing sense of urgency i think you know in scripture it says uh Satan came down with great wrath because he knew he knows his time is short, and I think I think his underlings <laughs> know their time is short too. And, and I agree. This is, this is sourced from God Himself that that they feel this massive pressing of urgency, and and, and frankly, I think it's going to cause them to to make mistakes, to expose themselves, and to um, to reveal their plans uh in ways that they probably would rather not frankly
0: i i heard a liberal warn before his death is Brzezinski. he mm. said the people are waking up watch out and my answer to him would be it ain't us you gotta worry about <laughs> yeah. we will be the instruments of what you gotta worry about but you don't gotta worry about us you better worry about the lord god almighty that's yeah. what you well, better worry
1: about and I think you make an essential point, Dave, which is a, a big part of my central message most of the time. Is it's not only God enacting His will uh, directly upon the earth, upon the wicked, what have you, as well as you know defending the righteous and and uh, tending to those who love Him and who whom He loves, but uh, it's also Him through us and. You know, I've, as you know, I've, I've I've been so moved for for over a year now regarding a, a prophetic scripture from Daniel in Daniel eleven thirty two, where he says, "But they that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits." And and Daniel, you know, if you're listening, if 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 you're within earshot of this message, and you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're in Scripture. That's Daniel talking about you. If you will rally. the call and you will stand up in this hour and you will do what god lays on your heart to do to be bold as a lion but um you know but but uh meek and loving and and lovely to your enemies recognizing that we were all jesus enemies once
0: exactly i totally agree with you um I, i see the urgency though everywhere and so you're so right about the quickening I think Art Bell picked up on this before his death. Actually, before he left broadcasting, he started talking about the quickening. And I said, my friend, you need to get into the Bible. I don't know that Art ever did. <laughs> great, great broadcaster, good entertainer. But uh I, I'm not sure he was a Christian. Let's hope he found the Lord before he passed. But uh, mm-hmm. he, he picked up on this. And this has been going on for a while. But particularly in the last 18 months, I've noticed we're going at breakneck speed right now. And I'll I'll give you an example. I said this to a colleague of mine the other day. I said, when I started broadcasting on radio in 2007, I used to have to really go research stuff. I mean, I had to look for important stories that had relevance to my audience. And then it was really difficult. Today, everything arrives at my lap. The research is minimal because it's all given to me. And I have to pick and choose what I'm going to do. And I think this
1: is kind of symbolic of what you're talking about. Isn't that amazing reversal? I mean, you used to have to go hunt it out, and now you're having to figure out how much of everything that's relevant. You you could talk about this much, right? But you have to actually pare it down because there isn't enough time in the day. I mean, that's, that's an extraordinary analogy for what's happening for everybody.
0: I'll give you an example. I believe CBDC will end up being the mark of the beast. I think we're seeing the precursor. And I could do... 10 podcasts a day on this but my audience yeah. would have a hard time following that so i try to do one or two minis and then i cover other stuff but uh it's just an example of what i'm talking about but you know it's, it's interesting because the bible does promise that uh, the sins of the leaders will be revealed in the end days and this stuff i'm finding about cbdc john is easy to find now you have to work a little bit. They don't lay it out in a linear fashion, first this, then this. You have to look at it. You have to connect some dots. But they give it all the material to you. I don't have to leave the Federal Reserve site. And they have a YouTube site and their own website. And I'm able to get what I need to communicate to my audience about how dangerous this is. And, and I don't have to leave those two
1: sites. Well, and if I could build on that, because I'm a real stickler for... Uh... Precision. So for, b- forgive me. <laughs> but when we talk about Mark of the Beast, I think it's important to recognize that, you know, scripture will come true precisely. And so when, when John wrote about every, every, every man, every woman, bondman, free man, everyone will be challenged to, to take this mark on your right hand, on your forehead. It's going to be the name, the number or the image or the, the mark, um, the logo, if you will of the beast, which of course is the antichrist. I would, I would describe CBDC, which for, um, for the uninitiated is central bank digital currency. So it's the fed basically creating an eFed, fed So an electronic dollar. Um, it, it's the back office function, right? It's the backbone that, allows a mark on your hand to then integrate into this backbone. And then that's how they keep anybody from buying or selling who doesn't have the mark because you're either in or you're not in, and they're going to make every single last establishment to be in. But you know, what's interesting,
0: John, there's no coercion in the beginning. I've looked at how they're going to lay this out with the Fed coin. Um, I actually like it. If they stopped there with just the Fed coin in phase one, I'd be fine with it. They want to you can get paid instantaneously, you can pay instantaneously, there's no time <laughs> off, it's convenient, yeah. there's nothing evil about it. It's in the open, it's easily tracked, it's hard to hack. And I'm saying everything that we want in financial transactions is right there. That's the hook. That's yeah. the hook. That's the swan song to get you in deeper. <laughs> but then they start with the 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 ledger is what they call, and that's where everything that's owned, and this I think is like phase three or phase four. Uh, everything you own will be controlled by the central banking system. Now, there's no mention in there about taking a mark, but do you get the feeling that the, the mark of the beast could actually be an implant? I know the Bible refers to it kind of like a branding, but do you think it could yeah, be an implant?
1: I believe yes. I mean, in, in a word, yes. I, you know, it's. I was really... As I as I got waking up and really shaken down to my boots, not not shaking in fear, but like uh, shaken uh, and and pivoted toward you know what I'm doing now. Eventually, uh, as it turned out, um, yeah. yeah, I read Revelation over and over and over and over, and and I do. I I take it I take it its word, you know, where it's not obviously figurative it's it's telling us john is is making the best effort he can to tell us what he's saying and you've got to imagine a a first century fisherman is seeing the end of the world 2000 years in the future mm-hmm. with all the technology and all the the evil and the miracles and you know and so he's doing his level best so when he talks about some you know a mark i interpret that to be there is going to be a visible thing like a tattoo for example, but I also believe, because if you read on, as you know, if you take and, and every single person listen to this, if you don't know your revelation and know your eschatological prophecy, uh if you take that mark, you are done. You you That's are true. be outside the realm of salvation. Okay. So under no circumstances can you possibly take that mark and and live in eternity, okay? and and so because of that dave it's it, there's clearly more going on than a surface level thing like a tattoo right which is why i believe there is some form
0: WithDave. dot That's water dot com. Save eighty dollars for a short time.
1: Of uh, alteration or uh, adaptation that is forced onto you in your body, because ultimately, I think no one is redeemed from, ta- from taking the mark because they ultimately lose their humanity. I think I I believe that whatever comes into your body whether it's in your forehead or in your hands changes you to the point where you you you're no longer a son of man which is why Jesus came to to become a son of man so he could redeem us as yeah. brothers and sisters you'll no longer be his brother or sister you will not be human you'll be humanoid but you won't be redeemably human anymore and 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 obviously it's', it's bad enough to to be wearing you know, something that looks like a mark, a tattoo, or what have you, saying, you know, I'm on Team Satan. But the really horrible part about it is, you'll no longer be you. You'll be a a Satanized, uh, and wow, I'd never thought about this before, Dave. You know how when we get saved, when the Father looks at us, He sees, for example, in the case of you, He doesn't quite see you per se. He sees his son Jesus in the shape of you. Does that make sense? He, he's because he imputes his righteousness on you. He sees a perfected Dave that Jesus made possible. Well, when you take that mark of that beast, God and Satan too see a satanized version of you, where instead of being redeemed and in, and in, and in, in a state of future glory. Because of the price Jesus paid for you, you take on an image, a satanic characterization of who you are. And and that's my belief, as I understand the plain reading of, of Revelation, and that's why you can't take the smart, because you won't be you anymore.
0: Now, I don't believe what I'm going to ask you, but I wanted to get your opinion. I've talked to a number of people. Who believe that the uh, vaccine, the changing of your DNA and the mRNA was actually the insertion of the mark of the beast? I don't think that's true. What do you think?
1: I, I, I again, that's why I keep saying the plain reading of scripture. It, you, you can yeah. go, you can venture so far out in the woods, you're completely lost. If you, if you allegorize or analogize scripture beyond kind of a normal, Allegorizing. Like, for example, if Jesus tells a parable, it's a story and it's meant to be a teaching thing. And it's 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 by design that it's he's he said it that way. In this case, it's clear from Revelation 13 that that there's there's free will involved and and what is discussed is what is discussed. And so, for example, if it doesn't involve a mark on the hand of the forehead, if it doesn't involve involved the name the number or the mark the logo if you will of this antichrist figure who's (laughs) waiting in the wings right uh stage left um it's not the mark of the beast now i will say dave i think it's a beta test i I think it has characteristics of the mark which is you know and uh, just a moment ago i talked about how this mark of the beast is going to change the nature of your humanity. I'm not saying that that this, uh, you know, this genetically modifying injection doesn't do that too, which makes it despicable and wicked and, and undesirable in the extreme. But I think it falls short of the mark. But I think it's a setup, right? I think it's a it's a conditioning. It's a beta test. And they're figuring things out, and God knows what they put in that thing, right? You mean for Uh, satanic compliance? Yeah, or or just how how does this work for changing people's DNA? I I do think they are – I think the mark is going to be a, a catastrophically successful effort to change men and women into the image of Satan. You know, like the Antichrist, but but not to that level, and uh, and so they're testing things, right? And they're testing testing a whole bunch of things. Our compliance degrees of resistance, our resistance is affected, uh, what storylines work over others. You, you remember that uh, that project where they what school was it that some renowned university did a bunch of uh, messaging testing. On what messaging works the best to conv- convince people to take the jab. So there's all this testing and prodding and, uh, almost like with, with a, with an enemy camp, you probe, right? For where the weak points are of their defenses. I think that's a lot of what this was, but it, it certainly was not the mark of the beast, but it has traits that it shares with it, which is why I think, I think that's another road sign day for how we're on this highway and and the pedals down and we're speeding up and and that's just another example of how late the hour is and so if if you're out there if you're not serious first and foremost about your your faith your salvation your position with God through Jesus Christ it's high time you get really serious about that and uh, and Dave too let's talk about this it's it's a late hour for you to be bold and to share the good news, which we call the gospel, share it with those people you love. You know, you talked about, was it Art Bell? You know, the, these people who, I I believe, Dave, these people who see the lateness of the hour, see how crazy things are getting, I think they're primed to finally listen to reason and listen to um, this the, the support and all the evidence that confirms that jesus christ is exactly who he said he was
0: yeah no i i totally agree with you i i think it's also possible that someone could have taken uh a vaccine realized their mistake and say never again
1: yes and i think that would be a way that god would use that to awaken somebody absolutely and and look god is god you know sh- He he's not going to controvert his word yes and so for example uh, I'm not even going to say his name because I, I think he probably <laughs> has repented, but I heard an exceedingly prominent pastor who many people listening to us now know his name, and I heard him and, and saw the video of him basically saying, oh, yeah, it's okay to take the mark of the beast. It's not okay to take the mark of the beast. Uh, <laughs> it was it was just a wrong moment. I, oh. I, I can't for the life of me understand why he said what he did, but – um. That is that, but the vax isn't that and and short of violating or contravening his own word, uh God can do what he will and and God's power to heal is infinite, whereas our enemy's power to damage is finite, and yes. so I do think if repentance, particularly to your point, Dave, if repentance is involved i i I know that that God can be mountains, and so that restoration is uh is available to people who took the shot
0: yeah but the effects i i, I to me i'm i'm awestruck that everyone listening most people listening are going to know most people who are involved in this broadcast but i'm just i'm almost outraged that there was so much evidence i've talked to life insurance company execs on the side they'll never go public and they tell me their numbers. They estimate so far this year, 600,000 people have died from the vaccine. Um, and they're paying out these enormous claims, which is why they're concerned, because people are dying prematurely. And the lifespan in America has gone down two years since the beginning of the lockdowns. We've mm-hmm. gone from 79 to 77. Cuba now lives. Cubans live one year longer than we do. But when you talk to these life insurance executives, they're they're just outraged at what's going on. But they're they're prevented from talking uh, their companies get ESG ratings from BlackRock that holds them in check and so forth and but you you just have to wonder how does the media just ignore this the, the, I mean it's I mean I think we could literally have people dropping dead in the streets like they had in China
1: and the media would never show it yeah it's uh well and let's let's be fair Dave it's no longer media. Media would cover it. What we have today is propaganda, as True. I'm sure right. all of your listeners know good, now. You're good term. Um, yeah, exactly. But but what's so troubling, isn't it, it is it that, and I often think of various three-letter agencies at uh, the federal level, but what media gets to do is they get to stand in the position of what would be media and occupy the space, occupy the airtime, take up people's time and attention, and you know what what is probably more telling than what they say to your point is what they don't say what they don't cover and uh and and thank god i, I mean this quite literally thank god for watchmen like you and others who um, you know you're devoting your time to get the real truth out and you're risking a lot to do it and so personally you know because i was i i followed your work for years you know before you and i ever spoke so i i thank you personally on behalf of everybody listening for what you do because it's in an age of total deceit it's essential that there are truth tellers like you so
0: well i appreciate that but i'll don't forget the fact that you've written an enormous book that's (laughs) having an impact and uh enormous i don't mean just in terms of volume but i mean in terms of content And uh, I I just, like I said, we all answer the call in different ways at different times when the Lord calls upon us. And we absolutely need to, people need to hear their calling. And people often say to me, John, this is a question I'm going to put to you. Because here's what a lot of my audience Mm. will say to me. Dave, I can't do what you do. I could never do a broadcast. I couldn't write an article. So that's just not who I am. And I get that. There's things I, I don't know how to do. And I freely admit it. But are there things you could do to add to the cause? Yeah, you could amplify the things that you think are godlike and will help preserve humanity, help restore humanity. You can share stuff you come across. What would you say to people who said that I, I don't know what to do?
1: Uh, well, a multi part answer. First of all, um, and I, I'm convicting myself as I'm may hopefully convicting a few few people who are listening to us sharp and iron with each other davis ask god what you should do you know Bingo. It, um it, it's amazing and of course you you have to develop a relationship with god you have to seek his face and and look you you take one step toward god and he'll come running just go read the parable of the prodigal son yeah Comes over the hill. It's clear that the father has been looking, looking, like searching the the, the distant horizon for his son. Continually sees his son, goes running to him. So seek God, ask God what He would have you do. You know, and and um, it was so, it was such a, it was such an improbable path by which I reached the point where I wrote a four hundred eighty page book. Right? Who does that? Uh, certainly no nobody who's never written a book, but. Um, Anyway, so, so that's the first answer. But, but the second answer is thank goodness, you know, we don't all write a book or we don't all have a podcast because it, then there would be nobody listening, right? There'd be nobody fixing the cars and there'd be nobody fix, you know, raising the kids and there'd be nobody, you know, manning the fire station. And so as, as Paul talks about in scripture about how we're all parts of one body, which is Christ active in the world today. You know, the church is the body of Christ, but we're all different parts. And so, so, and I learned an important lesson about this in the years when I was trying to figure out God. Because I had the same question, where, where do you want me? What do you want me to do? And I took some wrong turns and I had some seasons of of uh, misdirection, I guess I would say. But if you seek him out and you're open, and I, I would say you're you're aware of the doors he opens for you. And you're aware of those, literally God given gifts and uh, interests, you know, desires that He lays on your heart for what you should do. Go in that direction and do that, and constantly seek His face. You know, the, another thing I would say, Dave, is, and and this is one has become one of my recent favorite verses from Scripture, is in the Psalms it says. Um, Lord, your word is a light to my feet, I'm sorry, a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And so, you know, too often we let our Bibles gather dust. You know, we, we I don't know how many Bibles we own in this house, but you've got to open the Bible, <laughs> actually read it. You can't just lay your head on it at night. Open it up and and let his word work in you and and dwell in you and, and be part of the guidance for you. One other thing, Dave, I would say, and I know you talk about it, but uh, I would really encourage your listeners to do this, is share broadcasts like this one with other people to wake them up. Because right. I do think that being red-pilled in the physical realm can play, I mean, obviously,
0: Ladies and gentlemen, right now, go to MyPillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. MyPillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code
1: Hodges. That's just a good thing that you become aware of the, the, the lateness of the hour. But I think it also informs a lot of people's receptivity to the spiritual side of things, which is ultimately by far the most important, of course, right? Like, where do we get to spend eternity, not next week? Um, and so, to that end, you know, there, there's another scripture day that says, um, "What is whispered in private shall be shouted from the rooftops," and and there's a clear inference that the it it is a good thing for these secrets to be made known. And so, sharing broadcasts like this hard work that Dave does, doing all this heavy research, and then tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of us get to benefit from that. It's just such a huge blessing. So share this revealing news and analysis with other people, get them stirred up, get them awake, and then add to our ranks, right? Because, Dave, I think that's an important point. You've got people who are completely lost. They will never repent, right? You got people who are on Team Jesus. They're fully red pilled. They're switched on. They are they're manning the walls like like Nehemiah. You know, a, a hand on on the sword and a, and a hand to the trowel. And then you got this fat middle of people who are trying to figure out which way to go. And we can we can play a crucial role in in waking them up. And and well, sometimes I think we're our, in all
0: three dimensions. I think sometimes we're all in th- three dimensions simultaneously. I mean, mm-hmm. we we have some of the mission. We're not sure what's next or how we should expand. And then sometimes we have trouble kicking ourselves in the rear to get going. And uh, I, I see elements. Well, and I've been guilty of that. <laughs> of, oh, no, no. Listen, Speaking of I'm not casting right. a first stone. That stone's coming back at me. That's a boomerang that I just threw out there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and, and, and I have to have talks with myself about this. Uh, but it's the human nature to be that. We have to overcome a sinful nature. ...to do what needs to be done. Uh, and that's that's hard to do. You always have to be on the job. There is no taking time off from that. And that's the disturbing thing with all this. I mean, from a human standpoint, it's not like you get saved and now you're on easy street. <laughs> that's yeah. not what this is about. And that's yeah. what people don't understand. And uh, people will say to me sometimes, uh, well, you know everything and you can plan appropriately. And I said, I don't know everything... But I know enough to know that things are going to be very difficult and they're going to get worse before they get better. Yep. And that's
1: absolutely Yeah. And 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 along those lines, Dave, and, and we're you and I are sharpening iron over it together right now, but but for folks who are listening in, I would I would encourage people in, in times like these, I would I would so want to encourage you, first of all, have some grace for yourself. You yeah. know, none of us know everything. We don't know it all. We're seeing, you know, as Scripture talks about, Paul writes, we're seeing through a glass darkly. And so at the very best, we're barely getting a glimpse of the totality of, you know, not only what's going on right now, but God's plan mm-hmm. moving forward. I mean, I've read I've read Revelation a number of times, and there are still parts of it I'm, I'm still trying to, to square. Um, but also, I would encourage people to make... As things get darker and people get more troubled, people are going to get really um, easily agitated. And I would really encourage people have grace for your wife or your husband. Have oh, grace for your yeah. kids. Yeah. And have grace for the folks who were driving, driving crazy, whatever might cut you off. Let no, it no. cut you off. You know, say, a no, prayer you for didn't. Him. Don't, don't no, get wound uh, up in I, some I
0: conflict. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um. You're so right on the money because he Satan, even when we get the big picture, Satan will get us lost in the details. Yeah, I see. that's a great way to put it. I see that all the time in my own life. And I have to remind myself, like, you know, if I start to go down the bickering road with my wife, how I've got to become mindful that what's the big picture here? What's really going on? And that's that's hard to do. Fortunately, she has a forgiving nature. <laughs> That's,
1: and, and, and Good listen, for you. <laughs> I'm not exaggerating.
0: Well, I, I made a wise choice. Um, yeah. I, I just hope at the end of days that she says the same thing. But uh, you're absolutely right, though. Um, we have to give ourselves grace. I totally agree with that. But here's the bottom line. I'm going to tell you something that I've only said once, and I just said it recently. When I was a child... I did the math. Will I live to the 21st century? And I said, yeah, I should, absolutely, Uh, barring any accidents. And then as I started to go to church in in more regularity as a young child, um, I I started learning about, well, prophecy has been fulfilled. We're headed towards the end days because Israel is now a nation again, as foretold in the Bible. And that made an impression on me. Let me tell you, John, what my walkaway was. And you're speaking, you're hearing the words of a 10-year-old boy. I had the feeling, I don't think I'm going to die the way people around me do. My grandparents, you know, my great-grandparents, all these people that will pass. I will have a different death connected to the end times. Now, I don't think I said it that articulately. In other words, I don't think I used that sophistication of vocabulary. But that's what I always felt, John. I always felt I would live in the end days. And I'll be honest with you. It's, wow. not, a, it's not a wish, John. It's not a yeah. wish. I would prefer that we get on bended knee and repent and God takes his judgment off our nation and we push all this crap back and let some future generation a thousand years down the road take care of this. Okay? Because I'm, I'm not looking forward to the fight. It's going to be hard. Yeah. It's going to be really hard. So it wasn't like as a young child I was saying, oh, good, I don't have to die a natural death, That that's God's will. Um, what I'm saying is I was fearful of how horrible things will be in the end, and I'll find myself living in it, and I'm not sure. In fact, I even said this to a friend the other day walking out of church. I said, "We're," I think we're approaching the tribulation, and those who die early may be looked at as the lucky
1: ones. Mm-hmm what do you think? Well, I, first of all, I have a question for you. When when you had that sense when you were 10 or so, do, do you, and of course, it was a few years ago. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, do you have the sense that, you, that that thought originated with you, or do you feel like you were given that perspective, let's say, through the Holy Spirit or from God? Was it did, originate, did it start with you?
0: Well, my mind right now works significantly different than it did when it was 10. <laughs> okay? Yeah. And everything from cause and effect to finding meaning. But I would, I would characterize it like this. There is always a sense of knowing. There was always wow. a sense of knowing. And then it's kind of funny. This actually blends into my work. You know, I got involved in this work, as you know, because... Bad people were trying to steal my land for New World Order purposes. And they wanted to put a Canamex corridor through our area. So we started an eight-year battle, and that's how I got involved in media. And then I realized just how bad things really were, and so I couldn't quit the fight. But I was still doing other things. I was still coaching college basketball. I was teaching my classes. And my news director, Annie Deriso, had a lot to do with this. She was with me for six and a half years. Her husband was really my mentor In this business. And Annie said to me one time, she goes, Dave, you've got to focus on this full time. You'll come to it in your own time, but you need to focus. This is your mission. And that hit me like a ton of bricks. I went back to that 10 year old child in my mind thinking, This is why I'm here. We're coming up on some really bad times. And at that time, it was too early to say we're really headed to the tribulation because this would have been like 2008, 2009. And I would say I didn't have the awareness of how close we were at that time then as I do now. But I have to tell you that comment by Annie really catapulted me into this. This is a mission. And this is how I knew what I knew when I was 10 years old. I can't say it was a word of God,
1: but I said, it's a
0: sense of knowing.
1: So I'm just going to take what you said and my my belief okay what, what do i know but but my belief is that it didn't originate with you because 10-year-old boys don't have that degree of of knowing of understanding you know that's that's a depth of wisdom that I, i'm simply posing that that it didn't start with you okay
0: no it did <laughs> my we, my mission we, at 10 was getting my homework and my chores done so i could go play yeah yeah, that was my mission.
1: And so, uh, so what I find interesting is because I I hadn't heard that before from you. Uh, what I find interesting about that is it makes me wonder because God does things for a purpose, right? How does that seed being planted with you know the boy Dave Hodges? Uh, how does that prepare you? How has it prepared you? How does it inform you as you consider your role? In what I agree are these last days, uh, because I I think I, I think there's there's purpose behind it. Right. And I, we don't have to talk about that today, but, it, I, no, I but I'll, I'll ask you a question ruminate over that. The,
0: the purpose didn't come fully at the age of 10. I just kind of had this knowingness and I didn't really understand it. And then there would be times when things would happen and I'd reflect on that feeling. I'd reflect on that knowingness. And I mean, as an adult, now yeah. I have a whole different perspective And I reflect on that time, and I just said, yeah, we're getting closer. I don't know if that's true, but we're getting closer. That was my sense. And I'm talking into my 20s, 30s, 40s. I had these feelings repetitively, not every day. you know. It was variable, but maybe six months, two years, five years. But those feelings would come back, and I was always brought back to the fact that I would have to play some kind of role in this. And it was like I was chosen to be here. And I'm not saying I was chosen because I've done anything wonderful or will do anything wonderful. God uses imperfect people to fulfill his mission. And I probably definitely fit that latter category. But uh, but I had a knowingness that something would come into play with this. I also have a sense, too, and I'll just share this right here. Things in this upcoming time are not going to end well for me. I've I've had this feeling for a long time. And I just have to have hope that God strengthens me to face whatever I have to face at the time I face it. I know the reward will be great, but God, get me through the difficult time. Wow. <laughs> Let me choose my departure if I was to be selfish. So that's yeah. that's something that I have a feeling about, too. But listen, John, er, er, those feelings I just told you, if you just take the quantum beast record uh, uh, information gathering of the NSA – they have a threat matrix score on us. And believe me, I know this from the inside, not, <sighs> not, not reading it somewhere. I know this on the inside from people who've talked to me. And everybody has a threat matrix score. And uh, when they bring in the uh, uh, social credit score of the uh, new CBDC, sorry, your social credit score has already been established. They're just going to transfer it and make it uh, in conjunction with whatever you want to do financially. I mean this is already a done deal. I mean you have I just did an article on this. You have 7 to 10 listening devices in your home that reports everything to the NSA. Every person has 7 to 10 in their home on average. You know whether it's this, whether it's this computer, whatever it is, there are 7 to 10 things that spy on you constantly and all of you have a threat matrix score and there's and your fate has already been decided. If you're a Christian, your fate's been decided eternally, but your fate in this world has already been decided by your social credit score.
1: It's already done. Well, and isn't that sobering, but I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd say that halfway tongue in cheek. Um, I don't know if you remember this day, but you and I touched on this subject at the end of an interview, a couple of interviews ago, and we never yeah. got to dig into it, but I wanted to pose a a, a counterpoint, okay? Uh, first of all, if, if we pray and repent and it gets pushed off, it might get pushed off to our children and, or our grandchildren. And, you know, at some point out in the future, it's so many generations hence that, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's not really personal anymore, but I, I I would prefer it happen in our generation where our children may know peace. Uh, and that's hard to say in a sense, but in another right. sense, I feel, Dave, that this fight's coming. I mean, there, I, I don't think there's any doubt about it. And, and you know, we started earlier in this, in this call talking about the uh, convergence and the acceleration of things. I don't think it's going to slow down or put off. I think it's going to get closer. I think it's going to get closer, faster, and faster as these days and months tick by. And and I, you know, I'm I'm reminded of what John wrote at the end of Revelation. So he'd seen this whole panorama of just the end days, right? The tribulation. He was the author of that thing. Well, it it, it was a message from Jesus Christ, but he he was the scribe. That's a better word for it. And uh, and right towards the end, I mean, the last verses, John has seen all this just in in exquisite detail, and he says, "Nevertheless, come, Lord Jesus." And yes. I would hope that we would all have that sort of attitude that that we're so longing to see the author of our salvation, you know, the hero of humanity. As Rusty Starr used to put it, and. uh and that we might say we might have the courage and the boldness to say nevertheless come Lord Jesus um because what what we're all going to have to go through is going to be difficult but what awaits us on the other side is is worth the pain yeah. and yeah. it's
0: worth intellectually i know that through. john yeah. here's here's one thing i've already thought about before you point a gun at me not you but a person you know points yeah. a gun at me i'm going to run I'm gonna to try to survive. I'm gonna I'm gonna fight back. I'm gonna do what I have to do. But I think the key is is knowing when to flee for your safety and knowing when you're fleeing from God. I think there's a big difference there. And I don't think the distinctions are so clear-cut that people will think that way when they're in danger. I think people will acquiesce. I'll say or do anything. And my fear is they'll take the mark of the beast. Fortunately, I was raised in a Christian home. I know when they want to put something in my right hand or forehead that God won't let it
1: happen unless I let it happen. Yeah. Well, and uh, it, it, isn't it amazing? I mean, unlike Hugh, I, I didn't have a issue when I was 10. I, I look around from time to time, and I think, am, am I really having these conversations? I mean, did David Hodges and I just really talk about that? Uh, I wasn't expecting that when I was 10 and 20 and 30 and 40. But um, but here we are. And And I would say something else, Dave. God's not surprised that you and I were born when we were, that you and I are sitting here right now, in this moment right now, as as all this convergence is happening, and we are pushing back against the darkness. And we're exhorting people to stand up and to 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 get right with God and to be bold as lions. And I'm I'm reminded of this pivotal pivotal verse in the uh the book of Esther, when Mordecai is exhorting his niece, you, you've got to go to the king. You've got to resist this evil plan by Haman to, to murder the Jews, basically eradicate the Jews. Yes. And he said, who's to say you weren't born for such a time as this? And so I would say the same thing to you, Dave. I, I see God's hand on your life and, and the, and I know just a little bit about your, your track and path of how you got into what you're into now. And I just say to you, you were born for such a time as this.
0: I know. And, I know uh, that.
1: And we listen, all were.
0: I know we that. We all were. It doesn't mean that I don't have apprehension uh, and insecurity about this. Um, yeah. I just hope when my decision comes that I do it in a way that will honor God and not yeah. a way that'll be make me a coward and be like Peter who denied Christ three times. Yeah. And Sometimes. listen, I know Peter's forgiven. I understand all that. But I'm just saying... I'm hopeful I can come through that. You're not hearing me boast. You know, I grew up as an athlete, and I had a little bit of success, uh, and I felt, and it gave me confidence that I could accomplish what I wanted to accomplish. I don't carry that same confidence into this fight.
1: I know my strength has to come from elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think you just struck on it, Dave, right? I've got this scripture. (laughs) I'll be talking to people, these scriptures just, you know, pop into my head and, and this it's a piece of a scripture It says, When I am afraid, I will trust in thee. And, yes. and isn't it comforting, Dave, to know it's not about you, right? You can be strong and demonstrate strength by the one who lives in you and by uh, relying on God to to give you that centeredness, to give you that sure foundation, right? That when that moment of truth comes for you, You'll be bold as a lion. Think about Stephen, right? Do you know the story of Stephen from Acts 7, mm-hmm. I think it is? And and he just boldly, they just killed Jesus. And so there's no playing around with, with the stakes. Stephen spends an entire chapter, the book of Acts, excoriating the Pharisees. And it's so overwhelming that they stop up their ears, they scream, they drag him outside the walls, and they stone him to death illegally. They murdered Stephen. But he was so bold, and what a a fantastic testimony and an example for us to live up to that I'm not going to deny Jesus, I'm not going to lie, I'm not going to take the mark of the beast, I'm going to stand in the gap and hold fast because that's what my father would have me do. And I'm talking exactly. about my heaven, heavenly.
0: Father. Yeah. And, and the book of Matthew repeatedly reminds us that if we believe in him, he will never depart from us. And see, I take a lot of comfort in the book of Matthew. Whenever I feel insecure, I, I, I flee to Matthew. That's, it's kind of been my solace. Um, wow. what I want to do before we close, cause we got a little bit of time, but, um, I want to say to the audience, if you kind of enjoyed, our testimony, or you achieve something from it because you think, Oh, gee, I'm not the only one that feels that way. I, Dave, I felt just like you were. I'm scared and, 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 and God bless you if you've come to that awareness. But the one thing I wanted to say to you is if you derived any benefit from our discussion here, um, you could have a whole book filled with examples of how to be more Godlike and how to serve him and how to be strong when the times call for it. So let's talk about your book a little bit.
1: Sure. Well, I you've got it right right there on your left hand side. I do right here. Yep. It's um. Well, it it was a labor of love. It's it's funny because I God laid it on my heart to to start by writing about the knock on the door, which which is coming. Uh, and and I was in fact your our our mutual friend Celeste Solom. God God bless her. uh, Was talking about that moment. In, in passing in a video and it just grabbed me and I, it, the Holy Spirit would not let me go. And so what started as maybe a thick pamphlet on things you can do <laughs> to prepare for the knock on the door wound up being a 480 page treatise, not only, and and what was interesting, Dave was there's a whole lot of practical stuff in there. I mean, yes. there's, there's places to get stuff. There's information sources, hundreds of them. You're in there. But, uh, Uh, And also, uh, tactical and strategic considerations, because I've done some interesting training with three letter agency people and spec ops people and and all that kind of stuff with counter human trafficking work. But where I really. God
0: bless you for that. I mean, that
1: sincerely. Seriously, uh, I want to hold you up for doing that. Thank you. It was, it's funny because I, I didn't really have a picture of why I was doing all this training when I was, but. Looking back now, I do because I was able to share it with thousands of people, right? But um, but what was interesting, Dave, was God really led me to write really deeply on the spiritual warfare part of it. You know, not only understanding our spiritual authority, but that this wildness, this this just uh, feral human uh, explosion that's going on right now, it's the spiritual warfare realm flooding over into this uh physical realm and uh and so there's you know sections and sections in the book on coming to the fight with a warrior uh spirit mentality uh understanding your spiritual authority as a believer if you're not a believer get on your knees tonight and challenge God to show up in your life ask Jesus to reveal himself to you It'll be the the most important thing you ever did. And then it talks, of course, about the spiritual warfare and how it applies in this natural realm. And let me tell you a quick story. I met uh, last week with this lovely woman who's in a fight for her son. Uh, She's divorced from somebody who's uh, not presently a good person. And her kid had a a desire to be violent against his mom. And and she's so lovely, lovely Christian woman. And she said, Oh, you don't want to do that. Pray to Jesus that, you know, that, that spirit will get out of you. And, and Dave, I, I kid you not a nine-year-old boy said, mama, I felt it. Leave me. Oh, I felt it. Oh, leave my. me. When a nine-year-old boy oh, says, my. I felt it. Leave me. Yeah. I hear you. You know, it's a spiritual battle. I know. And, and that's what we're in right now. My goodness, that is an amazing story.
0: I yeah. felt it leave me. I think yeah. all of us that have been consumed by demons that have led us down the wrong path, we know exactly what that feeling is. Yeah, Because there is a time it'll leave you. But usually you need help in extricating. Not necessarily an exorcist, but certainly the spirit of the Lord. How can people get a copy of your book? And First, I want to give you the: This is strongly recommended by The Common Sense Show, this book. Can serve as a guide for daily living. But having said that, John, how do people get a copy?
1: Thank you, Dave, for that. I really appreciate it. It's uh, the best place to go is johndislin.com, which is <laughs> J O H N dyslin dot com, and uh for your listeners dave one will save you a little coin uh not a ton but he'll save you some and uh so we'd love for you to go there check it out it's there's a a ton of detail on the website and just see if it's for you and i hope it is
0: okay i'm making a note here of the code uh make sure i include it in the show description uh ladies and gentlemen highly recommended this won't be the last time you see john But this will be a hard conversation to ever duplicate or expand upon, because I think we covered some pretty raw feelings about our spirituality, and we're just hoping by example, folks, that you can say, I can identify with that. Gee, I'm not the only one who's insecure. Um, No, you're not. (laughs) You're not. We're all in this together. We're all Christians, brothers and sisters together, and we have a heck of a fight ahead of us. John, thank you so much for coming on. It's always a pleasure, my friend.
1: Uh, Thank you, Dave. God bless you. Thanks for having
0: me back. My pleasure. And to you, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you back here next time. God bless.